Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. How are you tonight, Hi, Susan? Hey, did you, uh, how did you survive all that cold, cold, cold? Well, I escaped. I went to Florida, so I was, I was hiding <laughs> out in almost 80 degrees. 
<laughs> oh, oh, clever you, clever you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, we were we had been invited over to somebody's house for a tea party, but that got canceled because her pipes got frozen. Her pipes got frozen because her electricity went off. So it was just a whole cascade of boo-hoo. And... Uh, and so it was that, you know, it was not, certainly not the worst cold that any of us have ever seen. Uh, but it was definitely below zero. Mm, yes, I heard so it, it was pretty chilly here. So it was, it, was, it was pipe freezing weather. Mm. But then, then, you know, I was walking with somebody, um, I was thinking about buying a house, and in the area, and I said, you know, what you see, you look and you see the house. I said, but really what you have to do is you have to look and see that what you're buying is a structure that surrounds plumbing. Mm. Because wow. really, that's, that's, that's what's important to you. You can live in anything. But that structure has got to keep your plumbing warm enough. Mm. Your plumbing can't live in anything. Your plumbing is far more demanding than you are. The mm. only people to live, certainly around here, because that was pre-revolutionary war, didn't have running water. So their fires went out overnight. You know, there's all these these accounts of waking up to icicles hanging above you as you slept. Mm. Wow. I'm sure people, people are far tougher than pipes. Mm. Wow. So, uh, well, that's like, oh, it's hard to imagine. Icicles hanging above your head while you're sleeping. <laughs> while you're sleeping, like, oh, <laughs> oh Nonetheless, now that we have gone past Candlemoss, now that Bridget has come with her brilliant flame to light the way that's noticeably, noticeably lighter longer, yes? Oh, yes. And we're having an early, probably, you know, head fake spring right now. We're going up to 47 tomorrow. It's getting rain instead of snow in a few days. <laughs> Bizarre. Wow, huh? Wow. Oh. I noticed because I do something every week at the same time, which is late afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And... Um, so, especially over the past few weeks, we've been noticing, oh, you know, it's, it's not quite dark yet. Oh, look, it's still a little light. Wow, it's still totally light. Just over one, two, three weeks at the same time. Wow. Wow. It's happening fast. Like, we're already into... Almost your birthday in February of 2023. It's flying by. Tomorrow is my birthday, yes. Oh, my goodness. 77 years ago. I made an appearance here. Whoa. Mm. Mm. All the fucking humans that get to live with you at the same time and, oh, be a part of your lifelong reweaving. Oh, what a blessing to us. 
Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is really a delight to be alive at this time. I think that it's an extraordinarily special time for all of us. And um, that, you know, if you want to raft the Grand Canyon, you have to put in a request far ahead of time. And I think to raft this Grand Canyon, our souls had to put in a request far ahead of time. And we're the ones who got our requests in in time to be here for this rafting of the Grand Canyons. So, you know, one of the concepts that I was introduced to in um, college was the concept of the hobby horse. And the hobby horse is the, some, the particular thing or things that you can pretty much always count on that person returning to. Mm-hmm. And probably the professor who introduced us to it was probably using it in a bit of a derogatory term. But I rather like it because I think hobby horses are just marvelous. And so one of my hobby horses is don't take supplements. And one uh, one of, we might even call it the carousel because there's so many different things on this particular hobby horse. And one that we got into last week was vitamin D, right? Mm-hmm. And I read you about a, a big vitamin D study, several studies, and that they didn't help people with respiratory infections or COVID. And so here is a January 2023 Scientific American. To the surprise of many, a huge study published this past summer in the New England Journal of Medicine found that taking vitamin D for five years did not reduce the rate of fractures in healthy adults aged 50 and older. That result built on earlier findings that vitamin D supplements do not improve bone density or, for that matter, lower the risk of cancer or heart disease. An editorial accompanying the fracture study declared that it's time for medical professionals to stop pushing these pills and quit ordering so many blood tests for vitamin D. Mm. Food and incidental sun exposure provide enough vitamin D for healthy adults, says endocrinologist Meryl LaBoff of Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, who led the study. I love it when the, the, the doctor's editorials <laughs> figure it out. Yay. And yeah. set it out in no uncertain terms. It's time to stop pushing pills. And it's time to stop so many tests for vitamin D. It's rare that something is so passionately taken up by the medical paradigm, which of course, means that it's going to be studied, 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 studied. And what did that article start off with? To everyone's surprise. Not to ours, eh? Because we understand that a supplement of vitamin D is never the same as actual vitamin D, and it can't be. Even though to a chemist right. it is. To our bodies, it ain't. 
I guess our bodies just didn't go to the same schools as the chemist. <laughs> so, what's up at your homestead? Oh, well, I just actually flew back in last night from Florida. Right. So, today was, yeah, today is my first day back. and the I was first day um, back, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, goaties are looking good. It's amazing how much it seems like the kids grew in, what, eight days? Like, I walked into the barn last night when I got home, and it was like, I don't know. Somehow they looked bigger than when I left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Who are we talking to tonight? Tonight we're going to talk to Amanda Smith, an Earth Wisdom teacher and metaphysical artist. She has a diverse background with degrees in environmental science and soil chemistry, coupled with certifications in healing with earth energy and Reiki. Mm -hmm. You are going to find out a lot more about the actual electrical, physical connection and spiritual connection between people and the earth and how combining science and spirituality will get you some very interesting answers. So stick with us until 9 o'clock or come back around then and listen to what Amanda has to say. Anything else you want to jump in with? Um, I nothing else here. I'll say, you know, the Hypericum conference registration is open on that and uh presenters are definitely getting excited and lots of stuff is going on still behind the scenes and the marketplace is coming to life behind the scenes, getting ready, so it's easy and All right. Yeah. Well Justine is here. Justine is here for a couple of weeks. And she and I have been making Hypericum videos every day. So that's been a lot of fun. I said, oh, my goodness, you know, we need Hypericum shorts. It's so important. The shorts are such a great feature of it. And she said, well, why don't you make some? I said, okay, I will. And, of course, last year I did for the Comfrey Conference, but it was all me kind of behind the scenes reading books. And I'm going to do that for the Hypericum Conference as well. I will be behind the scenes reading books to you. Um, I even started that a little bit. But uh, we also have been just doing a series of shorts about my relationship with Hypericum. And, um, so it's kind of funny when I open a book and start reading about something that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. One book in particular that is going to be a lot of fun to read is St. John's Wort, The Natural Antidepressant and More by Andrew Chevalier. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll just go through and highlight the important parts. And there are pages in which it's like 95% highlighted. Oh, my goodness. Right, right, you know, places both where I'm saying, oh my gosh, that's so amazing, and then places where I'm thinking, well, yes, of course, that's what I was thinking too, but how about this, Hypericum extracts, 
including the oil. Exert a strong antimicrobial and astringent activity that counters and prevents infection, tightens damaged tissues, stimulates scab formation, and speeds up tissue repair. When hypericum oil was used topically, first-degree burns healed totally in 48 hours. And second- and third-degree burns healed at least three times as rapidly as burns treated with conventional methods. Mm. Hypericum extracts have been shown to inhibit bacteria at dilutions as low as as one to two hundred thousand. The museum inhibit the growth of bacteria, and are bactericidal at one to twenty thousand. And we're talking about significant activity against Staphylococcus aureus, Proteus vulgaris and E. coli, and tuberculosis. Wow. Wow. In addition, it has a slight antifungal and significant antiviral activity at the same time as its marked anti-inflammatory actions. Hypericum perforatum, it's time to end the nonsense. This is one of an herb. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, from reading this book by Andrew Chevalier, in which he talks about it um, working with the uh, hypothalamus, adrenal, and uh, um, Thymus gland um, axis. Um, I said, "Well, my goodness, that's you know, that's the modern definition of an adaptogen." Hmm. So um, I think that once again, I'm going to be opened up to an herb that I thought I already knew and loved to even greater expansion of love and usefulness. For instance, we're going to start putting it in the wound that I have now spent, what, almost two and a half years working on healing? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey, send in your Hypericum shorts. You have stories to share, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we yeah. have anybody with questions tonight? Uh, we do. We have two hands that have uh, been raised in the queue. I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hands go up as well. And let's see, our first caller has dialed in from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live with Susan. Hi. 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 Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Susan. Happy birthday to you. And many more. 
<laughs> you are a gift to the planet and to me personally. Oh. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you hold me in your love. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, you talked about uh, all those pills that I don't like to take, but uh, today I was taken by a long uh, Mr. Dr. Grundy, anyway, uh, because I am 65 pounds overweight, I put on 8 pounds since I'm eating Meals on Wheels because their best forte is desserts, and I was never interested in sugar until I met them. They have a wonderful pastry chef. So I need to lose this weight. I can barely walk. I'm sleeping, eating, and uh, sleeping, eating, and reading. That's my lifestyle. And the moment I get on my feet, I'm very, very weak. So what he said is that he's selling a pill that has cinnamon, chromium, zinc, and barberine, which contra counteract the the uh, influence of sugar which is devastated on the human race today um, of course i don't i don't take this 100% but i wanted to address the question and the scrutiny of your knowledge that is deeper than that Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions on a daily basis? Yes, I do. Not religiously, but I do. Yes, I I have I have all the five of them and uh, because I am inclined to uh, allergy, I I drink the the nettle, the ostro, I like very much the hibiscus and the red clover, yeah. Then it is exceedingly unlikely that you are deficient in chromium. Uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. So I, I believe that what you said is that you used to not like sugar, and you started getting meals on wheels. Yes. And they put sugar in their food, and so you began to like it. And, and their desserts, and their desserts are really outstanding because they are not so sweet in my palate but however i'm eating them because because that's my excitement tell me tell me what tell me what kinds of things they have for dessert ice cream cake cookies no 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 ice cream not they they are not that advanced in transportation but they do have um, um homemade cookies they have uh, um uh, sometimes they have this rice pudding. It's very good. Uh, they they have simple things that are very good. It's wonderful. So here's here's my thought on this, yeah. and that is that sugar is the first taste. Mother's milk is sweet. Yeah. And so we come to this body desiring sweet. When we love someone, we call them sweetie, honey, sugar, 
We're very clear about our connection with sweet things. Not only that, the body is very monomaniacal about sweet. There's just one receptor for sweet. And so lots of different things can fit into that and be okay. Whereas there's like over two dozen receptors for bitter. So we're really able to finally distinguish between bitter. But many people, you know, really can't tell the difference between sugar and saccharin or whatever. But your body actually can. And your body wants sugar in the proportion that it doesn't have enough minerals. And one of the primary places that we get minerals is from whole grains. And so I don't think it's the sugar in the desserts that's doing you in. I think it's the refined grains. Which isn't to say that you shouldn't eat the desserts, but is to say how much whole grain are you getting and where are you getting it? Well, I, I am getting quinoa from Meals on Wheels. I'm That's getting great. rice and polenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's excellent. Yeah, I like I like them. The rice is usually refined. It's usually white rice. Yeah, I I like white rice. I don't like, I mean, I like the sweet Well, I'm not talking about grain. I'm talking about whole grain. It's different. It's a whole different thing. I'm not sure I got what you said. I eat brown rice. Brown rice is a whole grain. It has all of the B vitamins and the minerals in the grain. White rice has had the vitamins and minerals removed from it, and what you're left with is the starch, the carbohydrate. That's called a refined carbohydrate. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Whole grains are whole, whole wheat, as opposed to white flour. Brown rice, as opposed to white rice. Whole grain corn chips, as opposed to, I don't know, you know, how refined the corn is that's used to make the polenta. I know where I grew up in Texas where grits was a big breakfast food, that was a highly refined corn. Mm. So just because it's grain, just because it's corn or wheat or rice, doesn't mean it's a whole grain. doesn't mean that you're getting the minerals that your body wants and that if it can't get them, it says, do you eat more sweet? Because the carbohydrates are sweet. That's their taste, sweet, sweet, and bland. And so are deep, primal drive is to be mineralized, which makes us strong, sturdy, healthy, and smart. 
And we know, our body knows, that the sweet things are where we get minerals. But that has been unhinged in modern food. So we keep eating more and more and more sweet because we're not getting enough minerals. Once there's enough minerals, then you won't want. Then, then in fact, the sweet will taste bad to you, is my experience. And if you are drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion today, then the next thing to look at is the other sources of minerals in your diet, such as whole grains. Mm-hmm. versus refined grains. And I'm especially focusing in on that because we're talking about the meals on wheels and the yes. dessert. Yeah. Right. So I certainly see the research that shows that white sugar is addictive. But I also see my empirical experience which is that for myself, when I was being, when my gut was being treated with radiation, and it became more and more difficult for me to uptake nutrients, especially minerals, it actually got to the point where I couldn't even drink infusion unless I put honey in it. Oh. Everything had to be sweetened. And I needed more and more honey in it in order to be able to drink it. The less I could really, you know, the more damage that was being done to me. And the less I could get out of my food, the more my body said, you can, you have to give a sweet, get, get some more sweet in there. It got to the point where the only food my body would tolerate was green tea gelato. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know, and I said, all right, I hear you. I hear you. At least there's some minerals in the milk. So, but I'm not addicted to sugar. That didn't make me sugar addict. I didn't have to take any special pill. Once my gut healed and I was able to remineralize... Well, I always love sweets. And you probably heard me say over and over again that in Green Cottage Week, I deprived them of sweets until the goddess pageant on Saturday night. And then out comes the cookies and the chocolate, but the cookies are whole grain cookies. And the chocolate is, you know, bittersweet chocolate. Not horrible tasting, but dark chocolate. It is a basket. And I pass it around. I encourage women to, you know, take what they want. And I pass it around again encourage them to take more. Throughout the whole time that the goddess archetypes are being presented and we're having the goddess pageant, I'm, you know, pushing candy and cookies on them. It is rare that they take more than one or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, they say, I felt like... After the first bite or two, I had had enough cookie. We're not talking 
my experience, the kind of addiction that we see with opioids. In which you actually have to use drugs often to get someone off that addiction. If you think taking a pill will help you, you could save a lot of money by making your own pills. Now, here's the really interesting thing about placebo medicine. It worked just as well with people who were told they were being given a placebo as with people who weren't told. So if you make yourself some placebo pills, however you make them, they will work. I I don't I I am giving my uh, cookies to my neighbor who really likes them. But uh, I I was impressed about the fact that it was presented as a as a poison for the system. Uh, you know I like I like a grapefruit. Uh, I like lemons and oranges, uh, and I like I like honey too. I like to yes. put my ginger tea. Put a little sugar, sugar is not a poison. Right. It's, yeah, it's but, one of the primary tastes. Yeah. Refined carbohydrates, including white sugar, are problems in the modern diet. My belief, backed up by a lot of years of empirical evidence, is that when people are well mineralized, they enjoy a little sweet. Yeah. That they don't eat the whole cake. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I do like the green tea ice cream, and it's, it's, it's a very low sugar and very low uh, fat, and that's why I like it. It's like an Italian sorbetto. Right. So. You know, there is a middle way. It's a Buddhist term, the middle way. And, you know, one of the people I knew who was rather more dissolute said to me, I don't, you know, I don't think that it's worthwhile taking care of myself in any way at all because I could just die tomorrow. I said, yeah, I totally understand. And this person said, you know, life is just to be enjoyed. I'm just going to do whatever I want and enjoy myself and not really worry about anything. I said, yeah, that's great. And then, of course, we have people who are very ascetic, right? And they're like, you know, they're going to, you know, really, you know, act this way and eat this way and do this. And and they're, you know, going to really hold themselves to these extreme standards. Which usually, as we know, breaks down in some dramatic way. Um, but for most of the rest of us, isn't it really the middle way? Isn't it really? What What do I need to feel like I'm getting a big juicy bite of life? And what do I need to feel like I'm taking care of myself and acknowledging that uh, one needs to put a little effort in to get something back out. We talked before 
about the real difficulty that occurs in the body once the weight goes beyond a certain amount. Because the fat tissue itself, the adipose tissue itself, starts producing hunger hormone. It's as though the fat cells want to be fed. And it makes it virtually impossible, so far as I know, for us physically to turn that around, except in extreme circumstance, which so far as I know, generally has reverted back. Right, they had like shows like The Big Loser, right, and people lost hundreds of pounds. And the follow-ups that I read were that they gained it back. And that what they had to do to lose it was so far on the, ex- you know, uh, uh, on the extreme of um, asceticism that, of course, it was, you know, unsustainable. It's rather, it's rather like my physical therapist said to me and said, Susan, you have a bunch of things to juggle, you know? You have the lymphedema, you have the, the wound that doesn't want to heal from the radiation and the surgery, and you have an ostomy, all, you know, pretty much the same place in your body, and you're going to have to figure out the dance of which one needs to be taken care of more now. So, I know it seems like a real bummer and a downer for me to say you're probably not going to lose weight or lose it in a sustainable way. And I really hear how bummed out you are that you're not being physical. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of isometrics? Oh, yeah, I heard, but I I really didn't do anything in that respect. Well, this is the time to start looking into isometrics, because what that basically means is that you're exercising by using your own muscles against your muscles, and you can do it in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. That will burn calories. It certainly will. And more importantly, it will make you feel better. I, I, I really hear how unhappy you are that you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fat, stuck and fat. I do, I do Feldenkrais, but that is totally on the principle of effortless painless movement so it does it feels good but it's not for weight loss no yeah and I'm glad that you do it I'm so glad that you have access to that yes yes. so keep drinking your nourishing herbal infusion thank you if you think you need to take a, if you think you need to take a 
you. I don't hear you. You need to take a pill, make your own pill, like a kid making something up, right? Oh, no, I won't. Whatever you want, and you can say, I'm sprinkling chromium into this witch's brew. I'm sprinkling the magic herb from Yisandra that will cause me to lose weight. Every time I so much as think about this remedy, more weight will come off. I mean, it's your mind. Make use of it. I read a story. You probably might have even heard this story. It's going around or saw it of a man who was a elite bicyclist and he was hit by a vehicle and his spine was broken in several places and what they wanted to do was to fuse steel rods into his spine and they said that if they didn't he would never walk again he really thought about this and he thought nope not going to go there because if I go there, there's no coming back from it. Once the, once the steel rods are fused to my spine, I cannot later say, take it back, didn't want it. He said, so I'm going to see what I can do myself. And he got the idea that if he could envision his spine in perfect health, that it would be, that his ability to envision his spine in perfect health would give his body what it needed to create his spine in perfect health. And he said, since he had nothing else to do, that's what he did. And he would start, you know, at the tailbone and he would envision it, envision it in perfect health. And he said, at first, he couldn't do more than a minute or two of thinking about it and he'd be off daydreaming. (laughs) He said, but, you know, Hour after hour, day after day, week after week, months after month, he kept at it until he was able to envision his entire spine, every vertebra, in complete functioning health. And so it is. Wonderful. Yes, the the body is a self healing machine. And I'm not sure that would work for everyone, but I was very impressed with how devoted he was to doing it and that he did not give up, even though he said, well, my attention span is nothing. He simply continued and built his attention span until he could achieve what he wanted. Really a phenomenal story. I just finished reading the story written by the wife of Stephen Hawking. He was supposed to die in two years, and he lived 80. Right? Yeah. <laughs> just to to rhyme on what you just said, yeah. Yes, absolutely. How wonderful. Yes. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. I'm here. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, dear. Thank yeah. you. Bring blessings. Good night. All right, and it looks like we have three callers that have pressed one to signal that they have a question, and the next to dial in from the 215 area code. From the 215, you are live with Susan. 
Hi, Susan. Um, I think my question is short and sweet. I am wondering if there is anything naturally that can be done to help with dry eye. Yes. Several things. Chickweed and chamomile. Okay. And both are applied externally. You don't need to take them internally. Okay. Chickweed is best used fresh. Chamomile can be used dried. And since it's easily available in tea bags, uh, many people suggest using a couple of chamomile tea bags that have been steeped in a little hot water and one put on each eye. Okay. Okay. And what about uh, applying chickweed? Fresh chickweed. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you can crush it up until it gets a little moist. Mm-hmm. And just lay there and let it soak in. Okay. And do you do this kind of thing daily? Yes. Okay. Even several times a day is a good idea. Okay. I The doctor office said something about fish oil, and I knew that that felt, fell into the area of supplements, and I thought, I don't think this sounds right. <laughs> if you think that fish oil would help, Eat more fish. Mm-hmm. Eat more oily fish, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that eating more oily fish won't help. That was certainly the next thing that um, I was going to ask you, and that is about the quantity and quality of fats in your diet. Um, I I eat fish once or twice a week, usually wild-caught smoked salmon, um, and I do my nourishing herbal infusions. And then in terms of, like, if you're cooking something, you use um, canola oil, olive oil, um, butter. Yes, olive oil or butter. And you're not stinting on it. I don't have to worry that you've decided that fat is bad and you're not going to eat any. Yeah, no, I don't, no, because, you know, that's what the brain, yeah. Great, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because Because if your dry eyes was related to fat in your diet, those would be the changes that would improve it. Okay. So it prob so it probably isn't. Mhm. Is my take on it. 
um, we live in a culture that promotes a kind of tension that can cause dryness in our body. And I like to really take note of where that is. Mm. And ask myself, um, what's going on for me here? This particular place Mm -hmm. is um, being the thing that reacts to the stress in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I didn't even know what... Does that make any sense to you at all? What? Does that make sense to you, what I'm saying? Yeah, something like that resonates. I I think just daily grind of the work day, there's a subtle tension all day long, every day. Yeah, yeah. There's a person who wrote about vision called Bates. And Bates, the, the basic Bates exercise is to take the hands, rub them briskly together, palm to palm, until your hands become warm. warm. Then sitting down, put your elbows on your knees and your warmed palms upward, laying your head forward so that your palms cup your eye sockets. Mm-hmm. And let the heat of your hand go into your eye. This is with your head bent forward so your head is relaxed, supported by your hands. And when you do open your eyes, open your eyes and look at the earth. Okay. And then slowly, because this is an exercise for improving vision, there's a whole other piece of it that follows da, 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 da. but I find that the classic Bates eyesight exercise which I've just explained to you works for just about any kind of eye problem because it increases the circulation to the eye, it increases lymphatic movement to the eye it certainly increases energy and chi to the eye okay Would you do me a favor and call back in a month or so and let me know what's going on? I will. I tend to call here and there, so I will do that. Thank you so much. Dream blessings. Thank you very much. All right. And we have three callers that have pressed one to signal that they have a question. Our next caller has dialed in from the 778 area code. From the 778, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. <laughs> I'm just eating some pizza. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> um, I'm calling because I have a question about uh, my hand. And um, I heard you talking about juggling the other, um, at the last blog talk call, which was really beautiful. 
Um, I actually injured my hand by juggling clubs. Um, and I hit my hand like really hard with the club. And now it's like, if I, if I just like catch it in a certain way, like it seems like there's maybe some nerve stuff happening. So I've been like, you know, not juggling clubs so much. Um, actually took like a break. I started juggling balls instead and, and just trying to like break from it, but I'm finding it really difficult to like not hit that spot. Um, so I'm just wondering what, if you have any insight on what might be going on um, and, yeah, what I can do. Hi, Paracom. Okay. I have been putting some pictures that I made. Especially oh, okay. for injuries that cause nerve pain. Okay. So, like, soaking my hand in hypericum oil? You wouldn't even have to soak it. You could just put some on it. Okay. Put I'm in. doing that quite, quite consistently, and I'm not really noticing a change. Uh-huh. Um, um, the yeah. change that you're looking for is for it to never hurt. Is that sorry? Can you can you repeat that? So let me ask you what you did immediately following the injury. Oh, um, I don't remember. You put arnica on it. You no, I it, like I wouldn't use it I for maybe, a certain period of time. You um, used some comfrey poultices. You yeah. Um, I've been handling comfrey whenever I make infusion. I just kind of like squeeze the comfrey, the spelt, spent herb, um, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I use hypericum oil, like, very, very often, so it's always on my hands. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I do a lot of things with my hands. I mean, I try to use my left hand more, but, it's, you know, I don't really find that, like, I get much of a break from using my hands just because <laughs> it's my lifestyle to be active with my hands. That's pretty much what I find. Uh, for all of us, is that the amount of pain-free healing that we get is in proportion to the amount of time that we're willing to give to that. Thank you. Okay. You're doing a good job of taking care of yourself, but you're not really giving mm-hmm. that and time off, right? Mm-hmm. What if you just, like, bound it to your body, even <laughs> for a day, even just for one day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, what would happen? Right? And I, I hear you, and I know how hard it is to back off, and I often joke that everybody gets the same number of sick days, and some people take them here and there throughout their lives, and others save them up and take them all at the end. Mm 
Hmm. What do you Wow. What wow. do you think you would prefer? <laughs> oh, here and there. I, I would prefer here and there. That's sure. what I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right. And I'll remind everyone listening, if you've got a question this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hand in the queue. Our next caller has dialed in from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Um, I am on my second UTI in three months, and the first was precipitated by um, uh, an abscess in my colon and diverticulitis and three weeks of augmentin. And then um, a month later, I got a, a very bad UTI. I went back on antibiotics. Now it's three months later. I have another UTI. I do not, I'm not going back on the antibiotics. But it's been a month. And the numbers are low, but it's E. coli. I just had a urine culture. And I, I, I'm just... Wondering how I can get rid of it. I hear you. What kinds of herbs have you used? I'm using yarrow, uva uh-huh. ursi, um, uh-huh. juniper, and corn uh-huh. silk right now. Uh-huh. And tell me how and you're using. And tell me how you're using them. I have a tincture, and I'm doing two dropperfuls three times a day. Can you buy dried uva ursi? I have dried uva ursi. All right. Let's try making an infusion of uva ursi. It will be very strong. It will be very astringent. Okay. It won't be very tasty. Yeah. And you can make it even less tasty by adding some cranberry concentrate to it. Okay. So it'll be both sour and bitter. Ooh, yuck. But fortunately, you won't have to take very much of it at a time. If you can even, like, get down a swallowful or two every hour. Okay. I think that the combination of unsweetened cranberry and uva ursi infusion is going to give the old one-two to the remaining bacteria. All right. That sounds like want, a plan of action. Yeah, if you want to keep taking your combined tincture, that's absolutely fine. Okay. I'm I'm doing hibiscus um, with um, calendula also infusion. How lovely. Yeah. It was very interesting to me to read in Chevalier's book that in the nose-to-nose study between Hypericum and Calendula, that Hypericum um, was a better wound healer than Calendula. He said and that was quite remarkable because Calendula tends to be everybody's favorite wound healer. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning a lot about Hypericum and all the wonderful ways that it has only been used but studied. I had no idea that it was such a thoroughly studied plant, especially in the past uh, few decades or so. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, so that's so that's of course my you know, love and my push right now is okay. Using calendula, what would happen if you use hypericum? Right. Instead of the calendula. In a tincture. Yes. Or, or dry. Okay. Yes. I have it. I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show, but I that it is bacteria cidal in dilutions as low as one to twenty thousand, and mm, bacteria side, which means it slows down bacteria, at dilutions of one to two hundred thousand. Hypericum is antimicrobial, antifungal. Antiviral and antibacterial. Okay. So since what you're doing isn't working, let's try some new faces. Okay. And if you want to take, you know, a tincture and you have hypericum tincture, give it a try. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you, Susan. You are so welcome. There's, wait, there's something else. Um, yeah. Um, this started with an abscess in your colon. Yes. And the bacteria from that abscess triggered a UTI. I think it was the. I had diverticulitis. I ended up in the hospital. They did because I waited a really long time, and it wasn't. I didn't know I had the abscess. I just thought I had diverticulitis. Um, I. I think it was the three weeks of Augmentin. Augmentin is a drug? Is a heavy-duty antibiotic, yeah. Ah, okay. Thank you. That they gave me, yeah. All right. And, and I think, think it just that totally... allowed you to get a bladder infection. I so, think so I think you need to do a little scare the Augmentin demon away ritual. Okay. However, that whatever appeals to you, whether it's a, a shadow play or whether, um, you know, I've had certain demons that were so bothersome that I wrote about them on a piece of paper and then froze it in water in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people like to burn things up. Some people like to, you know, toss it out. Some bury it in the earth. Some make a little drum. Whatever you need to do, but there's something about this augmentin that is hanging over you. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Kick it out. Okay. All right? All right, Susan. Okay. Great blessings. Good night. Good night. All right, and there are two callers that have pressed one to raise their hand. The next caller dialed in from the 860 area code. From the 860, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Lisa. I'm Hi, Lisa. You. Hi, I'm calling you about um, a note with regard to the idea of um, talking about enforced screenings and uh, primary care. It might be a, a bit of a large question for a busy night for you. <laughs> but um, it, it is a, a beneficial topic to many. Yes. Do, are you saying that you have something important to share with us about that? Well, it's been um, a really great journey for me, um, finding a primary care physician and um, going to 
to the annual um, checkups, and I've managed to go a decade without um, getting any mammograms. And I'm, um, it's been 10 years since a colonoscopy. And um, I, my, my preference would be to continue maybe another decade, no mammograms, and, and, um, and, and just kind of outlive the suggestion of the screening. Um, I'm thinking with the colonoscopy that maybe I'll just do it, you know, one last time. Um, and and that, that's basically where I am with it at this point. Um, and, and I remember in your book you'd, you'd mentioned or, or you'd spoken about it before about with colonoscopies that the preparation is actually a very damaging thing to the body for the body to withstand. Um, but um, what I what I talk about is if you've done that once successfully, um, there are fecal occult blood tests. Yes, and that is perfectly acceptable to do that instead. And doesn't that also lead to a lot of false? Um, you know, false leads or something, um, or not? Well, you know, what I have found is that because they know that uh, internal hemorrhoids that might cause no pain or difficulty at all can bleed into that, that they're much less likely to jump the gun. Okay, so they're getting less likely to jump the gun. Much um, less likely, yeah. if you do. Yeah. I see occult. Yeah, it's you know, just a little easier, and you can, you know, do it. And um, if it does come back with blood, then the usual thing is to wait a certain amount of time and redo it. Oh, okay. Then maybe that would be a gentler solution. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, it's much gentler, for you sure. Know, I, I have all your books, and I know you've been through a lot, and I don't know if you have any changed opinions with regard to, um, you know, scheduling regular mammograms um uh i i have rather s small breasts and you know they're diminishing in size with age and uh you know so the doctor said yeah well you know you're you're so tiny you know i i can understand why you might just want to uh, hold off and i always i always kind of say that um you know that they keep on changing the guidelines and uh so I just I just don't want so much exposure to the radiation. But um I you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on that uh, at this point in time with your Well experience. my opinion has basically not changed since I began investigating mammograms for breast cancer question mark, breast health exclamation point, the wise woman away. Okay. They do not improve your chances of living a long and healthy life. That's, that's bottom line. They don't improve your chances of living a long and healthy life, which is why you would do it. Because, yes. well, I'll be able to live, live longer or live healthier. But that's, and although that's the promise, it's not what actually happens. Great. That's very helpful. What actually is, is is the most important thing of all. 
so I've been talking about the Barbara Ehrenreich book that I've been reading in which she talks at length about this. So if you want to, you know, get more into it, right? Natural Causes by Barbara Ehrenreich is, you know, really um, goes deep into this whole issue because she decides that she doesn't want to do these tests. And she gets a big backlash. And that's what she's writing about in Natural Causes. How do you spell her last name? E-H-R-E-N-R-E-I-C-H. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a... Barbara Ehrenreich. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a really great book for me to read. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. You'll see, you know, what both what happened to her when she said, no, I'm not doing any of these things, and what she found out when she started to investigate them. Yes. And, and I think that it's very difficult um, to navigate one's way, um, you know, uh, at, with these appointments that, that the doctors only have very limited time to be with you. And um, in my past experience, I, I put so much um, energy in, pre- in prepping myself for, for what would have been, you know, a brief visit. And um, so I, I found someone who was who able to give more time. But um, um, it, it's, it's kind Good of like a, a lot. Good for you, Ray. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. Thank yeah. you, Susan. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, that's not easy to do. You have to be persistent, and you have to be willing to say goodbye when it doesn't work. Exactly. It's very true. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Good night. Yes, green blessings. Bye-bye. Right, and there are three callers that have pressed one to raise their hand. And the next caller has dialed in from the 808 area code. From the 808, you are live with Susan. Oh, hi, Susan. This is Sean in Hawaii. Hey, Sean. I just opened your present. Wow, thank you so much. Such yeah, a lot of fun things, stickers. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Wow, thank you, thank you. I remember um, sending you the picture of the girl's birthday party, and you were like, ooh, stickers. And I was like, oh, I have extra. <laughs> so, that was pretty funny. Send a thoughtful Tom sent me a sticker <laughs> of a naked man, but he cut out everything between his legs. He censored him. And that's meant to go on the light switch. It's very irreverent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. You didn't do it. Somebody else No, and it came no. like that. And the children, when I gave them some of the stickers, they were like, this is for adults. And they handed them back to me, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a large naked man. Yeah, he's um like, yeah, he's a real big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestler-sized um, man. Well, I have kind of a fun question, and then I'll give you an update of my health question I had for you a few months ago. Okay, great. Um, the question yeah, the first, first question, and then the update. 
So this is the time of year I try to buy a few pounds of uh, commercial herbs that I use in the infusions. And um, two of the herbs I got from new a uh, new company, and they're just different from what I'm used to getting. So I wanted to um, put it put it. One was I accidentally ordered oat straw powder, and it's repugnant. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> so I'm in this situation where, um, you know, the postage is very expensive. So I just, I guess I, I'm. The plants that you grow will be very happy to have it. Exactly. So I'll just use it in my plant food. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And maybe that might be the, of the first um infusion herb that I should try to grow is oats because it's so easy. It's just, I think the it drying is so is easy the, to grow, really. Yeah, and the drying is the challenging part. Um, so um, the other herb was um, nettles, and I've had, or stinging nettle, I don't know how, you, <laughs> how to pronounce it the right way. I call it nettles plural. <laughs> yes, but, um, yes. I, I've ordered it from different companies and um, fish emulsion, but this last company is real perfumey. <laughs> so I wanted to know if you've encountered that when you order nettles from different people. It, it seems to have a different, you know, <laughs> vibe when it, about when it. it smells, when it smells perfumey, I look yeah, through it kind of to see like if insects. there are flowers in it. Oh, that might be, yes, 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 you yes. Can, you okay. can see them because they're in those, like, kind of long sprays, right? They're small. There's oh. little bitty flowers. Yeah. But even when the stuff is cut up, you can see the flowers. And so I look for them, and I, don't, and I return it. I say, no, this metal was in flower, and I don't want it. Thank you. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, the, the, I hear you. You can't. Oh, so it's in which case, it might be more plant food. I, I might just have to eat it. You know? or, or, since this is not repugnant to you, have you made infusion from it? Yeah, and it's just different, the perfumey one. Is it, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste strong at all. Interesting. If it did have flowers, it would kind of have more of a bite. Um, would it have a sharpness? I'm not sure. To me, it's just kind of like perfumey, but mm-hmm. if, if, I'm wondering well, if it's, it's I, you know, more. now you're making me wonder if it's really metal. Um, yeah, I'll just have, I made one infusion from it and I tried the oat straw powder, <laughs> but you know, oh. overall, um, the oat straw powder was very, it was ghastly. <laughs> <laughs> It was like wood, wood. <laughs> not seeing flowers, so I think I'm in the. I think I'm in the clear, and maybe um, do you know? Like I think the premium companies that I kind of prefer, I think they irradiate their herbs. Do you know anything about that? Whether they use an irradiation So Frontier absolutely doesn't because. Oh, but that doesn't mean learned about, that they don't get things that are irradiated at the border. So where, so, so far as we know, out. however, right. irradiating herbs doesn't change them. But Frontier is what I would call a premium brand. It's usually mm-hmm. so top drawer, and you might pay a little bit more, and it's usually so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 
but I, you know, I always like to try other companies and not, you know, have it all in one, in one place. And sometimes I'm so pleasantly surprised. You'll get just a batch and then you'll order it again. And no, it's not a, <laughs> it's a different batch. So it's, it's fun. That frontier has always been built on quality control. Yes. And they, I've been and, using them for a decade and they haven't disappointed me. Right. Um, you, know, you know you're going to get pretty much the same quality. Yes. So um, I just wanted to give you an update. I was asking you about um, pretty much very close to the question before me that I had um, a problem with um, going to the bathroom every day, and I wanted to have a bowel movement every single day, and I just stopped. And you told me, don't worry about it. It's no, it's no reason to um, – go get a special colonoscopy or anything, you know, and I felt so peaceful when I got off the phone with you and I just went in. I felt like a woman that made an appointment for an abortion and then just didn't end up getting it, you know, or didn't need oh, it. Oh, wow. Too. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but whatever, you know, um, so I didn't get the colonoscopy and I feel, um, you said, you know, ask the plants to help you. And of course, you know, burdock just comes right to me and, there's no trouble with burdock, <laughs> which what else is very interesting though was, you know, when I think when I first met you, I told you, oh, I've been using psyllium husk powder for 20 years. I'll I'll use it once or twice a month, and it's never given me any problems. And you're like, don't don't use that, you know, it just needs trouble. So I wanted to give everyone a report that yes, it does eventually stop working. <laughs> so and it it alarms me. And um, there's other types of fiber, if I wanted to take fiber, that, that seemed to work. Because <laughs> I tried a, a guar gum-based, like, fiber, and that worked. But All really right. Just but it is interesting how the human body just gets used to it. It's like, no. <laughs> no, that's it. You can't trick me that way anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, burdock. I, I sometimes warn people about burdock, that burdock will really yeah. loosen you up. And I, I drank infusions of it on and off for a long time, so I'm, I'm very familiar with it. It doesn't shock me or anything. It's so oh, know, how wonderful! Mm-hmm. It is so gentle. What, you know, and I just needed to calm down. You know, the beginning of the winter, my body tends to go into a depression. And again, you were telling the person, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, get your sick days out of the way early." <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> right. <talk about> <laughs> It's always so good to hear from you, Sean. Yeah, that, it's just so beautiful to have these herbal friends. You know, I don't use St. John's Ward all year round, but then when I need her, whoa, you know, to the rescue. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm using it a lot, a lot this winter. I hear you. So um, thank, thanks for everything you do for me, and um, just want to give you a little early birthday greeting. I, I want to be at the buffet. I, I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll give you a big hug, and thanks again for my wonderful birthday presents. I'm, uh, I cool. probably won't put the sticker on the light switch, but that's okay, <laughs> especially because this, this house has not like up and down light switches like you would think. Um, but it has, you know, the uh, the push button, push buttons, right? But, uh, but uh, I, I think I might be able to pass it on to someone who could use it. <laughs>
Great blessings. Good night, Sean. Lots of love. All right. There is one caller that has raised their hand with a question, and they are dialed in from the 908 area code. From the 908, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's Carol from New Jersey. Hi, Carol. Thanks for calling. Yes, and I just want to um, wish you with all my heart a happy birthday. And I know you were already sung to, so I won't uh, sing. But, <laughs> thank you, um, thank I'm you. Just, oh, so glad you're born and so glad you're you're with us and so glad Justine is there with you during this time and um, just deeply, deeply thankful. And if you want to share anything about um, your life and your birthday and your your future and just share anything. I would love to hear you. Always love every word that you that you speak. Again, thank you, and I love you very much. And we're so oh, blessed. Thank, thank you. All your knowledge mm-hmm. and your spirit. Mm. Mm. I like being born in the cold time, and I like being born. Yes. Right at mm-hmm. the time, if you're noticing, you notice the light starting to come back. Yes, yes. I really like being an Aquarius. Mm. You will mm. find that most Aquariuses are very happy being Aquariuses. <laughs> And what a beautiful full moon we've just had, eh? Yes. Mm. 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 I went out to look for the green comet. But the moon was too full. I couldn't see anything but the moon. Mm. It's a green comet that only comes like, oh, I don't know, once every like couple of thousand years. Like, really? <laughs> Long time mm. before anybody will see it again. And you, it's supposed to be easy to find because it's right up by the Big Dipper, but I couldn't even find the Big Dipper because the moon was so bright. Mm. And I think that's what I like about February is those bright, cold nights. Mm. Food for your celebratory time. Special foods. Well, you know, in my extended family, we always ask the person whose birthday it is, what kind of cake do you want? Mm. <laughs> and then endeavor to do our best to supply oh. that, that kind of cake. And Mickey is our cake maker. And he makes wonderful cakes. Mm. And I asked for a a cake that we used to have a lot until he started making cheesecake. And once he started making cheesecake, we just pretty much stopped asking for other cakes, you know? We're just like, what kind of cake do you want? Cheesecake. Mm-hmm. What you want cheesecake. Mm-hmm. 
although I would always throw in the odd coconut cake here and there. But what I asked for was a cake that we used to have years and years ago, and it's three layers, and it's whole wheat egg cake. It's yellow cake, and there's apricot puree for the filling and chocolate ganache as the frosting. Oh, oh wow. Wow is right. <laughs> <laughs> and he piles the ganache on. Mm. So it's, uh, as a matter of fact, we often say of this cake that this cake is more nourishing than most people's breakfasts. <laughs> and he, in recent years, he started making the low-fat version of it, which he only uses three sticks of butter instead of four. Wow. Sounds fabulous. Always a delight to hear your voice. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Mm, green blessings. Dream blessings. Good night. All right. And um, I see a hand from the 808 is up again. So we're going to go back to the 808. I think it's a different number from the 808. You are live with Susan from the 808. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. How are you? Well, what's up with you tonight? Well, I have just left the dentist's office, and I had my one of my uh, bottom molars pulled out last week, Wednesday, and unfortunately, I developed the condition they call dry socket um, in the process of healing, so I actually just went back to the dentist and they just cleaned out the hole where my tooth was and packed it in with some gauze and have sent me home. Um, They gave me a prescription for amoxicillin, and they also told me that I don't have an infection, but to take it as a preventative. and I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I've been taking echinacea every two hours, hour and a half to two hours, getting the tooth You're doing just fine. You don't have to take the amoxicillin. It's not a preventative. Right. So well, just continue. Them in medical school. Hello? Well, they're I not know. teaching that in medical school. Well, we know they're not. But they learn that. You know, from their practices, that that's what people want, and that's what people expect. Right. um, It isn't what you want, and you don't have to do it. And it's not not risky behavior to not doing it. You are taking care of yourself. Yes. Thank you for affirming that. Um, The other concern, question that I have is managing pain. I'm in pretty significant amount of pain, and I had a friend recommend Hypericum tincture, um, and I was wondering what you thought about that for for this type of pain. I think that's an 
excellent idea, and I would even try putting some of the Hypericum oil right in the area where the tooth was extracted, especially if there's dry socket there. Okay, inside the mouth. Yes, because Hypericum oil is specific for deep wounds. Okay, I did not know that. Well, I will certainly that too. And especially where there's pain from nerve involvement. Okay, perfect. All right. Ta-da. Well, thank you so much, and happy birthday to you. It's actually my birthday today. Oh, great. And, hey, it would be a happy birthday to you. It would be great if you call back next week and tell us how you're doing. I will do that. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. Great blessings. Happy birthday. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Is Amanda with us? Uh, Amanda is here with us, yes. Amanda Smith is an earth wisdom teacher and a metaphysical artist. She has a diverse background with degrees in environmental science and soil chemistry, coupled with certifications in healing with earth energy and Reiki. This journey created Amanda's desire to become a teacher who shares the importance and benefits of the reunification of science and spirituality. Amanda is now the owner of a property in eastern Kentucky dubbed the Mothership that she is slowly converting into a regenerative farm nature retreat center. Her vision is to teach others how to create their own food, connect, and listen to the earth and create the sovereignty that humanity is meant to have. Ultimately, she'd like to save the planet. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you, Susan. I am so honored and happy to be here. I told people at the beginning of the show that you were going to explain to them about the actual electrical physical connection and the spiritual connection between people and the earth. Can we just jump right in and talk about that? We can totally jump right in and talk about that. The Let's start with the, with the electrical connection. We are... We are intended to be a complete circuit. So if you look at uh, when you close a circuit, the energy stops, right? So it doesn't have free-flowing. It doesn't cycle through. And our bodies are actually meant to be in that connection. And as an electrical being, we have energy flowing through us all the time. And we tend to keep ourselves in connection with the the above energy, the sky energy, the God source, some people might call it. And when we bring that down, we stop and don't take it further. In general, that's what I've seen with humanity is that they don't get outside, they don't think about that. Um, just as much information and connection and spirituality comes from the earth as what comes from the universe. So as electrical beings, if we take off our shoes and go outside and stand barefoot, barefoot on the earth, we actually complete our electrical circuit. And there are actual YouTube videos out there that people can watch and they can see 
just how much balance comes into their electrical field when they are grounded. So we talk about being grounded, and we often speak of that in terms of spiritual grounding. There's actually physical grounding. And you can find cases of people releasing pain from their body because they went out and they actually grounded. So it actually drains out of your body. Where the energy is stopped will drain out of your body and go into the earth. So that's the electrical part. That's, that's the science part. The spiritual part is where we get to be the anchors into the earth of the actual connection to the universe, the all that is, like where all of the yummy, gooey insight and wisdom and downloads that people get comes from and is brought into the earth and allows us to bring that into the earth plane. When we're in that spiritual connection with the earth, then she shows us how to be. And she's here being for us all day, every day, and has a lot of insight and wisdom that she could offer if we were in that connection. So when we do that, then we can actually know, like, as an observer, that's that's part of the science part, right? As an observer, we, we watch how mechanisms work, and the connection is the spirituality. So when you are in that full connection in both ways, physically and spiritually, your body feels better, and your mind feels better, and your your spiritual self, your higher self, comes through better. So that's what it means in a holistic way to be in that connection and and to be uh, grounded and a a complete electrical. I don't know if you know that you're speaking my language, but I am (laughs) very much in favor of bare feet. And I say to people, you don't even have to take a step. Yeah. You don't have to walk barefoot. You just have to get your bare feet on the earth. Mm -hmm. And I explained to them that the soles of their shoes prevent the electrical energy of the earth from coming into their body. Yeah, that's true. And they look at me like, lady, who are you listening to? But really it's true. I mean, it seems so like kind of silly, but it's so amazingly true. So it, it's and it's so healing when yeah. people get their shoes off and get their feet. And if they can't do that, I have them put their hands on the ground. Yeah, that's why gardening makes people feel so good. Yeah. Yes, if it's actually if it's somehow just like you are never going there with bare feet on the ground. And I understand that because some people grow up in places where you just don't put your bare feet on the ground because of parasites. Um, then if you can garden or get your hands in the ground. And Sun Bear used to tell people that what they should do is they get a, a cat litter box and they go to the garden supply place and they get soil. Mm. And they the soil and they put it under their desk at work and they come to work. They sit down, they take their shoes and socks off and they put their feet on the earth. Yeah. That works. I've also seen there's actually a thing called a grounding mat. Plug into a grounded plug, and then you can you can stand on that. I, I think it's called earthing. So we're not limiting this to 
people who have access to the country. Right. This is a broad-scale thing that Amanda is talking about here. And it's one of, it's not just some kind of subtle add-on. It's really one of the foundations of health. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, uh, it is the foundation, in my opinion. It, it is the foundation of health to stay in that connection. So what other tips or ideas do you have for us about helping us to stay in that connection? Well, I like to surround myself with rocks. <laughs> I have been a huge rock collector, and um, I have, over time, I've picked them up from all over the United States, around the, the world. I've picked them up. I've brought them home. Uh, those will keep you in that connection. Um, you can also, you can go and be with a tree because trees do that naturally. They, that's, that's their job. They receive light from the above. They bring it down. They turn it into food. They feed the earth, and then the earth gives back. So if you have a tree, you can go and sit with your tree. So there is something to be said for being a tree hugger because they, they, they channel that energy all the time, and they are more like us, or we are more like them energetically than any other being on the planet, and they have a lot to teach. And although it's easy to be a nature snob and to say, oh, well, you actually have to have a tree, what we're finding out is, no, actually, you don't. Even a picture of a tree will do it. Yeah. Or you can just meditate. Imagine a tree. Visualize a tree. Visualize being on the ground because there's no space, you know, between the energy. There just isn't. Exactly. It's energy. Yeah. So pretty free flowing. I really smashed my foot today, and I wasn't in a situation where I could get the arnica ointment, which I didn't have with me, and put it on there. So what I do when I'm in a situation like that, because I've used arnica ointment a lot, is I convince myself that I am doing that. You are putting arnica ointment on there right now, and I save myself for, you know, until I get bored of it and, and wander off to something else. Arnica, 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 arnica. That's perfect. It's the same. It's the same with being in, in the Earth Connection. Um, and there are all kinds of energies that the earth has available coming from the different rocks, different crystals, you know, your quartz or your amethyst or gold even that have healing properties. You don't have to be holding that mineral. All you have to do is tap into its vibration and then bring it into your body. I remember David Winston talking about how, um, what a difficult date he was because he always carried rocks around in his pockets. (laughs) (laughs) I have been known to carry a rock or two around with me at times of enormous stress in my life. And and I mean, literally, when I was traveling, that there there were not small rocks that I needed to carry with me. Um, So really give nature a chance. Now, I see that you agree with my belief that if you give nature an hour, she will prove to you that you're her favorite child. 
That's true. Yeah, that's so true. And she misses us. So when you start to connect with her, she's super grateful, and you're going to receive all of this, hi, hello, I am so happy to see you energy and be enveloped by that energy. And everything that, you know, my time spent with her, everything that she shows me uh, tells me that life here is meant to be a lot easier than we make it because everything she does is done with ease and grace. And we get to be the same as her. Everything she does is is easy. So, yeah, she will. She'll take care of us. You talk about the infinite messages that nature has. Yeah, yeah. So... For me, the, the the bottom line message from nature is abundance is the truth. And that there isn't enough, that there's lack, or that we should feel like victims, that things are hard, that things are a struggle, is the illusion. And the earth is speaking the language of abundance cooperation and collaboration. She shows that to us in, in her ecosystems. Um, these complex ecosystems create uh, an abundance of life and, a, and an abundance of processes that, that support life with so much ease. And that is, that's the, the message that she's offering to us if we just be with her also and listen to her and ask her, okay, what is what does the earth have to offer? Not what can I take from her, but what does she have to offer and how do I get to steward her? So it's in that, that uh, give and receive process of cooperation and collaboration with the earth that you get to receive her wisdom and, and also all of the things that she does, you know, when we are looking, you know, she opens doors of opportunity. She, that resources that we need. I like to say uh, everything, everything we need comes from the ground. That includes time and money and, and resources, not just food, clothes, not just the normal things like building materials. You are working on the mothership, which is a regenerative farm. Yes. Can you explain to people what a regenerative farm is? Yes. So... The, the word sustainability has been getting kicked around quite a bit. And if you look at what has happened to, to the land, to simply sustain it is not what we need because it has been degraded. So ecosystems have been, um, have, have had little, all their little threads of different life forms pulled out of them until the ecosystems and the global ecosystem and even local ecosystems are not, they're not uh, diverse enough, so they don't offer the same stability. So we want to create things that are regenerative. We want to regenerate the earth. So what that means is putting the diverse ecosystem back. So what I have currently is I have a lot of, of grasses. I have wildflowers. I have pine trees, oak trees, walnut trees, some sugar maples. Um, other things that I don't know what they're called yet because I am not a native of Kentucky and I'm, so I'm learning my plants. And when I am ready to really start getting food going, I'm going to add in different types of things, uh, 
perennial food, uh, things that are shrubs, fruit trees, create um, guilds that grow uh, up instead of just sideways on the ground, fill the vertical space, and create an ecosystem that will bring in all kinds of insects that are there to pollinate or to eat pest insects. Um, Things that you do for a regenerative farm, you leave the leaves on the ground because that's where all of the the um, the beetles and the other insects, they will overwinter in there. So if you rake up your leaves and you take them out of the ecosystem, you're taking away your beneficial insect uh, environment for the wintertime while they hibernate. There are all kinds of things that you want to add back in, and then you turn it into a place that creates enough food that a family is supported. So each site, though, is different. In you know the land is different in what it is um, intended for, so it's always important to ask the land what it wants, and at the same time, put some back in there. If you leave the leaves on the ground where your fruit trees are, there will indeed be beetles, and that will bring voles to eat those beetles, which will be very heavy to girdle and kill your trees. <laughs> that could happen. I don't know about uh, voles in Kentucky. Mm. They're different. Um, yeah, I'm sure, they're just different. Say, well, they're, I'm sure they're rodents. Any rodent yeah. can fill in the blank, any rodent. Um, yeah. So it's very complicated, especially as soon as we introduce agriculture. And I haven't heard any word at all about animals, and it's not a regenerative farm unless there are animals. Mm-hmm. There will be, uh, right now I have turkeys and chickens, um, and I'm going to be adding uh, more chickens and rabbits. Um, if I can make Yay, it, rabbits. Start... What's that? Yay, rabbits. Yeah, I, I, they, are make, they make great food. So it would, they make it would, great I'm food. Gonna... They make great compost. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So and the land will... We, and we were just... We were just kind of whining that we haven't had an adventure bunny in a while. Our rabbit cage is set up in such a way that it's frequent that apprentices wind up letting a rabbit out, and then that's the adventure bunny, which hops around. We had some adventure bunnies who actually overwintered and had a litter, and there were like all these adventure bunnies around. It was wonderful having the, you know, the kind of... Rabbit around that wasn't like a totally wild rabbit because they would come around and eat at eating time, but they certainly weren't any domesticated um, at all. So uh, we get a lot from the rabbits' food, compost, and a great deal of fun and enjoyment. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward. So, um, how exciting for you! that you have all of this um, underway. And it's always an adventure when we start to really understand um, that we can't pretend that it's wild because we're disrupting that wild. And that's okay. It's really okay for us to do that. Um, But it also means that sometimes we have responsibilities. Um, I was walking out, I was uh, in between uh, weekends, but away from home and uh, staying at a a homestead, 
said, you know, what can I help with? And the man said, well, I'm going out to cut some firewood. And I said, I love cutting firewood. I even brought my Kevlar gloves. Let's go. And so we're walking out with the equipment, and we're walking through his apple orchard. And I'm saying to him, look at all the yellow dock in your apple orchard. And he said, yes, good for iron. And I said, I didn't know you were an herbalist. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you just you know, named the best, one of the best-known benefits to people from yellow dock is iron. He said, oh, I had no idea. He said, I let it grow in the apple orchard because it feeds iron to the apple trees. Hmm. Nice. That's yeah. Cool. I'm gonna down because I didn't know that. So, uh, in in a, sometimes raking up the leaves allows other plants to grow. I know here in Apple Country where I live, um, and that it's also true of things in the rose family that the leaves can harbor. Um, scab and other microorganisms that infect the tree and the fruit. Yeah, I would do something different under a fruit tree. So for me, yeah. the leaves are that are, are the ones that are dropping from my oaks and my sugar maples. So all of the natural woodlands and all of the trees that are in my yard, I have left them alone. And anything that uh, that I put in as a fruit tree, I would I would companion plant the tree that would work together. Well, how lovely! Do you yeah. have things in, Do you have things in mind that you use as companion plants? Well, I I'm a, I'm a California native, so the things that we use here aren't necessarily what I might use in Kentucky. In Kentucky, so. you're so right. Yeah. What kinds of things would you use in California? So here we would plant uh, like some comfrey, maybe. And oh, you would use comfrey in, in Kentucky, true? Absolutely. I guess I could. Um, yes, without a doubt. I've seen it, you know, from Costa Rica to Alaska. Yeah, and you can plant uh, blueberries uh, around in and around a fruit tree. Uh, it it supports. They support each other. So I'm getting ready to actually take a. Um, a Kentucky bluegrass uh, permaculture guild class on growing berries in Kentucky. So, uh, oh, how I get to learn. fun! Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I wonder if Uva Ursi will grow there. Wouldn't that be an interesting plant to grow? What's an interesting plant to grow for? Uva Ursi. It's a medicinal plant. Okay, and. Um, it's related to to blueberry, and it's a really a really good ground cover. I heard you talking about that one earlier, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it might be interesting. I wonder if they're going to cover it in their small fruits. It's called bearberry. Okay, I will find out. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you and find out more about creating their own food, connecting to and listening to the earth, and creating the sovereignty that they are meant to have? Well, what they can do is everything about me is Deactivated Earth. Uh, That's the name of my website, uh, and that is where you can find me on Instagram. So I'm on there as Deactivated Earth, and I am deactivatedearth at gmail.com. 
I do have a Facebook group that's called Activated Earth Codes, so that's a little different. That's where I, I, I spend a lot of time talking about what I call the, the coding that the earth has to share with us. So I am also on Facebook in that way. So those are all ways people can get in touch with me. My website has all of the details for if you want to book an, a, you know, a call, if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to email me, it's all in there. Oh, perfect. All right. Now I want to find out about that bit of hidden science that you learned, not in school, but from your own curiosity? So there are a few. Um, I would love to talk about water. Uh, Water is actually an abundant resource, and it's just been, um, we've been conditioned to think that it's it's not. There's actually, water is actually created in the earth, through the uh, process of heat and pressure. So hydrogen and oxygen come together and form a bond, and then it it turns into what's called an exothermic reaction. So heat is released as the bond forms, and it just, it's like a domino effect. So it continues to create water. So water creating its own self with its own heat. And it will rise up through the earth and come into uh, our um, our groundwater systems, and it naturally comes up and out of the earth at four degrees Celsius. So it attenuates with minerals first. It's not like what you would want to drink until it gets attenuated with minerals by coming up through the water naturally and rising up at that four degrees Celsius. So the four degrees Celsius is actually the temperature point where pests die and beneficials thrive so that we're talking about microorganisms. So all of the microorganisms that we are meant to have in our body, which come from the soil and the food that we eat, um, they grow, they begin to grow at four degrees Celsius. And the things that are the pests actually die at that temperature. So that's why the earth doesn't, she's not handing us a resource that we can't just drink when it comes up and out of the earth naturally. And it tends to do this in um, in little creeks and streams that then begin to feed rivers. You're in these mountain forests. The forests keep the temperature down and keep it controlled. So it tends to stay at that four degrees Celsius. And as the water starts to wind down through all of the creeks, it will, it vortexes as it goes around corners. It, it will form a vortex and it's an inward vortex so it moves towards the center of the vortex not out towards the outside but towards the center and what is truly uh, amazing to me is that the temperature that is achieved once you reach the center of that vortex is four degrees celsius so as a river continues to flow if it's left alone if it's not uh, domesticated with concrete it keeps itself disinfected. And it also, because it's spinning inward, it keeps itself from flooding. So, you know, there are obviously going to be those years where it comes up over the banks, but it, it water's designed to actually stay inside the river system, not to actually come out, out of it. But when we concrete everything, or we try to control things with the levees, 
then we are messing with the water's system to actually maintain itself and to stay inside the river and to stay disinfected. So these are things that I just, I am just in love with and the actual energy process of the earth for creating is the vortex and the process that she uses for destroying and starting over is the push pull. So we often, as we're using the push pull mechanism to produce energy and it leaves a lot of unused energy out there and creates this sort of energetic chaos going on around us. So sometimes people feel that and, that's one of the ones that I really love to talk about the most is just how much if we just let water do what it's supposed to do, it defines the bank. The bank doesn't define the water. <laughs> if we just left it alone, it would be what it needs to be for us to take it into our bodies and have it be healthy. Sounds like E.O. Wilson in his half earth, his position that we just keep our hands off half of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we could just leave half of it, he said we'd probably be just fine. Yeah, that's probably true. And we could do, you know, pretty much whatever we wanted with our half. So, um, oh, we're down to the last couple of minutes that we have together. It's Our time has gone so fast, Amanda. Sorry that it's yeah. not longer. So what haven't you talked about that you want to talk about? What I would love to leave people with is the beauty and the trust that they can receive from connection with the earth. There's trust that begins to happen and support that comes from that connection. And you will be handed things just like I have been to open up your mind and take you where you are meant to be and to align you with whatever your soul path purpose is. And I would love it if people, if this would inspire people to get curious about um, the magical science of the earth, because there are so many more things and to just, Get curious and start digging and find out what you don't know that you always wish you had known. It's all energy. It's electrical energy. We are part of it. We are surrounded by it. And it sounds to me like you said what I believe, which is the more integrated we are into the energy that's around us, the longer, happy life will wind up living, bar accidents. Yes, I agree with that, yes. And so here we are once again, reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And I thank you for all of the wonderful earth deep threads that you bring to this reweaving. Sarah Ellen, love you and I love you too Justine thanks for being here having lots of fun with you good night everybody and green blessings we're restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine good night